In Revelation 21, one of the angels came to Brother John and said, Come here, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Then he was carried away in spirit unto a great and high mountain and saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, having the glory of God. The details of this vision continue well into chapter 22. And shortly after that, John falls down again, this time before the feet of the angel. He was so overwhelmed by the vision of the holy city that in a sense he just had this reaction. The angel said, I am a fellow servant, worship God. If we have an increasing vision of what is most on God's heart for his eternal satisfaction, the bride, the wife, the new Jerusalem, at least in spiritual principle, will be beside ourselves. And then eventually, the only thing we can do is worship God. Then shortly after the angel enabled John to see this vision, the Lord Jesus spoke directly again. I find these words exceedingly significant. In Revelation twenty-two sixteen. the Lord said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify these things for the churches. We have seen from the first three chapters how the Lord cares for the churches, even as he in his awesome, awesome majesty must judge them in order to gain them. But now he speaks such a word as Jesus. I, Jesus, sent my angel for a particular purpose. I want the churches to see this. Surely he's saying, I want the churches, all my dear churches, to see this final vision. I want my angel to testify all these things to the churches. From beginning to end, the Lord's care is for the churches. This word, I believe, if it sinks into us, should have at least the effect of giving us a heart to see what John saw. A heart to treasure it, to care for it, 
and to strengthen what the Lord Jesus himself said. Our brother Lee, in the last phase of his ministry, in 1994 and in 1995 in particular, he said two very striking, significant, and impressive things. The first quotation is from Practical Points Concerning Blending, pages 25 and 26. These are his exact words. After my study of the Bible for the past 69 years, what have I seen? I would say that I have seen the new Jerusalem. This is my vision. This is my revelation. This is my ministry. To repeat the second and third line, I would say, after 69 years, I would say, I have seen the new Jerusalem. This is my vision. This is my revelation. This is my ministry. How can we be faithful intrinsically to the vision of the age, the ministry of the age, and the minister of the age? If we would not very much consider why he would say, this is my vision, my revelation, my ministry. In other places that we need not take the time to quote now, he said directly, I am, my work is the building up of the new Jerusalem. It will become he believed, part of the New Jerusalem. Then the other quotation is from the application of the interpretation of the New Jerusalem to the seeking believers. Page 54. First, we need to release the truth that God became a man to make man God <clears throat> in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. Then we need to release the truth concerning the new Jerusalem. My burden is to release these two great truths. His vision, his revelation, his ministry, was the new Jerusalem. His burden was to release the truth concerning the high peak of the divine revelation and the truth concerning the new Jerusalem. Surely, these two truths are intrinsically related. Today, I received an email of fellowship 
from my brother Ed regarding something we are working on. And at one point in his fellowship, he said this, one day, he's talking about the conversation between him and Brother Lee. One day, Brother Lee told me that two words characterize his later ministry. Intrinsic and organic. And I thought, if I plan to use this word, I should refresh myself on the dictionary definition of it. Intrinsic refers to the essential nature of something. So Brother Lee was burdened for intrinsic matters. That's what underlies the crystallization. The essential matters of God's economy, of the church, of the God-men living, of the New Jerusalem. And then the word organic, which bears strong emphasis in his latter years, as opposed to anything of human organization. What I will try to present tonight is largely defined by the words intrinsic and organic. And I believe it will be helpful, before I get into the outline, to bring something forward that is really quite fresh. And that is the connection intrinsically and organically between the church in Philadelphia, the recovered church, and the new Jerusalem. There is a direct connection. Now in chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, the Lord says this, verse 11, I come quickly. Indicating that there's something about Philadelphia that will enable him to come back. Then he says, hold fast what you have, that no one take your crown. Hold fast, that no one would take it. The hold fast as the footnote points out, from now until the Lord comes or we go to him, so that no one take your crown. Brothers, certainly the crown relates to reigning, to the kingdom. The overcomer receives the crown of life. The faithful elders, as Peter mentions in his first epistle, chapter 5, will receive the crown of glory. Paul testified at the very end 
when he finally had the assurance that he was victorious, he kept the faith, he fought the good fight, he finished the course. He said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. So it seems that the word crown here, that the church in Philadelphia presently has, must be related to reigning in life, to the reality of the kingdom. They were in a reality. But the following verse, verse 12, is of utmost importance tonight. Because the Lord indicates he is calling for overcomers, even in the recovered church. And we may wonder, why? What do they have to overcome? There's no degradation there. Well, as we'll see when we come to a certain portion of the outline, overcomers do more than overcome degradation. Overcomers consummate God's economy regarding the building up of the body of Christ and the preparation of the bride. They're not only dealing with negative things and reigning over them and protecting the churches from them. There is a great deal on the positive side. Brother Lee has defined this in various places. Overcomers overcome the degradation of the church. They build up the body of Christ. They consummate the new Jerusalem. Now in verse 12, the Lord says, He who overcomes, him I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Brothers, what is the temple of God? According to the book of Revelation, in the New Jerusalem, there is no temple. For the Lord God and the Lamb are the temple. To become a pillar in the temple of God must involve becoming the same as God in life and nature in expression and function. These overcomers are unshakable pillars and are built in during the course of their church life into the holy city, into the temple of God. Does this not involve the highest peak of the divine revelation? I just have been praying some for tonight's message that the Lord would give us the heart to care for such a high, transcendent thing. Of course, 
we have all kinds of practical matters, many of which are ordained by God in his way to build up the church. But the pragmatic mind has no interest in high truths. I've been in meetings where these truths have been belittled, demeaned. Even one time in a feast at a certain place. But we are to become a pillar in the temple of God, which temple is the redeeming God himself. Then he goes on. And he shall by no means go out any more, and I will write upon him the name of my God. That name, referring to what God is, is not a mere objective designation. It is a description of the being of the overcomer. What God is has been wrought into this overcoming one. Then he goes on to say, and the name of the city of my God. The nature of the new Jerusalem, indicated by the name, is written upon this overcomer, designating that he has in fact become the new Jerusalem. In his church life in Philadelphia, having little power, yet honoring the Lord's name and keeping the Lord's word, loving the brothers as one of the brothers, something intrinsic is happening in the being of certain brothers. They're not simply enjoying outwardly and practically this wonderful church life with love, the word, the name. Something in their being is taking place that corresponds to the high peak of the divine revelation that is carried out by organic salvation and the divine dispensing. Then the Lord says, I will write upon him the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God, and my new name, a new name. So here we have God, the city of God, and the Son of God. Their names are all written on the overcomer in Philadelphia. Brothers, here we see a direct connection between the recovered church, Philadelphia, and God's ultimate goal, the new Jerusalem. 
the overcomers in Philadelphia who are becoming God in all that he is, that can be communicated, that are becoming the new Jerusalem in its nature, with all the aspects of the city revealed in this book. And then that one is saturated and permeated with Christ's being and person. What is happening is that in this one, as he is living this recovered church life, Something deep in his constitution is taking place. He maintains the crown, the reality of the kingdom. He maintains the brotherly love to have the reality of the body. And now his being is set toward God's goal. is governed by the vision that Jesus had an angel show to John and testify to the churches. So then these overcomers, who are becoming the same as God, the same as Christ, and who are becoming the new Jerusalem, they are becoming this in the church life constitutionally. So they will be in the New Jerusalem in the first stage during the Millennial Kingdom. What they are becoming in the church will be their reward in the Kingdom. This is very similar to living in the reality of the Kingdom, to be counted worthy to share in the manifestation of the kingdom. Here we have a believer becoming the new Jerusalem by becoming God in life and nature and being saturated with Christ and taking Christ as his person. Then what he has become and what enabled the Lord to come back Because God's economy has been consummated. I say again, not just by the splendid characteristics of Philadelphia. That's the environment in which this intrinsic operation takes place. And we know from his word, the Lord's word to Thyatira, he searches the inward parts And the hearts, he knows right now what's the degree of our constitution. How much of what God is has it been wrought into us? How much of the nature of the holy city is in our being? Like it was in Brother Lee's being to say, This is my ministry, this is my vision. So what I'm looking to the Lord that we would see as I go through the outline now, that we'll develop the points of the burden that's being released, 
is that the new Jerusalem is the consummation. And it's the consummation of the central vision of God's economy. A matter brotherly fought for. In the very early 1980s, when we were still recovering from the turmoil a few years earlier, Brother Lee gave a conference in Anaheim on the central vision of Paul's mending ministry. And a few weeks after that conference, he said with a heavy heart to the saints in Anaheim and in Orange County, he said, those messages meant nothing to you. He knew that. He could sense that. He is pouring out the central vision. What a mercy that these messages are in print. And now, 34 years later, in the Lord's forbearance and kindness, we have another chance for these messages to mean something to us. The central vision. And the New Jerusalem is the consummation of the high peak of the divine revelation. How can the redeeming God marry someone who is not the same as he is? Wherever... Whenever has there been a wedding in which a mature male marries something other than a mature female who's the same as he is, essentially? The very fact that the New Jerusalem is the bride, the wife of the redeeming God, indicates she has to become the same as her husband, her bridegroom, in every way except the Godhead and being an object of worship. We make a huge mistake if we jettison, if we cast off these high visions and high truths in the name of what we call practicality. Brother Lee took the lead in the practical outworking and presentation of the God-ordained way. But everything he did in practice was governed by this vision. That's why I, could say, I say again, he could tell us three years before the end, this is my vision, this is my ministry. My burden is to spread these two truths together. But this consummation will be through the overcomers in Philadelphia. The overcomers in the other churches do some very significant things. They do the first works. They're faithful unto death. They partake of the hidden manna. They become a white stone. 
They see the morning star. They can reign over the nations. They're clothed in white garments. They may sit with Christ on his throne. But only in Philadelphia do the overcomers consummate, carry out to the uttermost, not only in what they do and what they practice, but in what they are, in what they're becoming. Then the Lord knows. I search the inward parts and the hearts. Now I can write on you the name of my God. Because the, what my God is has been wrought into you. I can now write upon you the name of the city of my God, New Jerusalem, because the nature of the city of my God has been wrought into you. You are part of it now. And he can write his new name upon us because he sees in our being the reproduction of himself. Many brothers conform to the image of the firstborn. Now, with this before us, we turn to the outline. And the structure is very particular. In the first section, we have a portion on the central vision. In the second section, a portion on the high peak of the divine revelation. In the third section, we see four ways in which the new Jerusalem is the consummation both of the central vision and the high peak of the divine revelation. Then we turn to the producing of the overcomers by Christ's ministry in the stage of intensification. And then we see it is through these overcomers who have returned to the orthodoxy of the church and who are the overcomers in the recovered church. They have not only conquered everything that hinders the outworking of God's economy, they are part of the consummation. Our Lord cannot return and he will not return until the bride has made herself ready. And we know from Ephesians 5, especially as opened by Brother Nee in the glorious church, that what comes out of Christ and is built up is his body. What is presented to Christ at his coming is his bride. This indicates the building up of the body is the preparation of the bride, and both of which are involved with becoming the new Jerusalem. So the Lord either will have among us a full recovery of Philadelphia, or he will not. And either there will be brothers in the recovered church 
who in the midst of their practical church life are becoming God, are becoming the city of God, are being saturated with Christ. This may or may not happen. We know very well saints can be positively in local churches, outwardly and objectively, for decades without that much intrinsic, organic change and development in their being. So we're building on that wonderful word the Lord gave us on Philadelphia to see that once the Lord has the recovered church, he wants saints in this recovered church to consummate the central vision, to consummate the high peak of the divine revelation by becoming the new Jerusalem when what the overcomers do, they do on behalf of the whole church. Once the Lord has the overcomers who consummate God's economy, he can say, the church age is finished. I will come and rapture my bride. And I will return thereafter. And the age will change to the kingdom. So what we are doing here is momentous. We're not simply returning to the orthodoxy of the church as an end in itself. We're returning to the orthodoxy of the church so that finally, after 2,000 years, our Lord has a way to fulfill the desire of his heart. The words Brother Lee spoke in 1994 about blending, they're etched into my being when he was with the Lord. And the Lord asked him, is this all I want? All these churches? Where is the reality of the body of Christ? Our brother said faithfully, he did not see the reality of the body of Christ anywhere. I believe in the 22 years since he spoke that, there has been some advance. How I wish he could be here to let us know where we are now. But let us not be either discouraged or either be quick to say, yes, we have the reality of the body. Yes, the bride is almost ready. Only the Lord knows. Let's open to him. Let us receive his assessment, his diagnosis, and his supply. One, the central vision of God's economy is the experience of Christ as life for the producing and building up of the church as the body of Christ. The body is the intrinsic significance of the church. It is the body that gives the church its meaning. Apart from the body, 
the church has no meaning. So this is the central vision. We need to see a vision of the central matter in the Lord's recovery today. The vision in Paul's completing ministry. The central vision of Paul's completing ministry is God in us as our contents. No wonder the overcomers has the name of God written on him. God is his contents. Christ as the mystery of God, the history, the definition, the expression of God. And the church as the mystery of Christ, the definition, the expression of Christ. This is the central vision. The center of the Lord's recovery is Christ and the church. Christ is the embodiment of God, the mystery of God, and the church as the expression of Christ, the mystery of Christ. This is what the Lord wants to produce in the recovered church. B, the governing vision of the Bible, is the triune God working himself into his chosen and redeemed people in order to saturate their entire being with the divine trinity for the producing and building up of the church as the body of Christ consummating in the new Jerusalem. More than 20 years ago, Late on the Friday afternoon, when I was laboring in my office, something wonderful and mysterious began to flow in me. No doubt because someone prayed. It wasn't my exercise. No doubt it came through the body. And I had this realization concerning so many matters Brother Lee has been releasing that I agreed with him. But that wasn't enough. The Lord impressed me. You need to pray back to the Lord over every item to make it real personally. We know in 2 Samuel 7, when God through the prophet spoke that marvelous word, to David about his seed will be called God's son that one will build the house what did David do he didn't say very good he sat down before the Lord and he repeated to the Lord what had been spoken to him and then prayed for it prayed for it to happen If we want to be saved in life, pray for it. Lord, renew me, sanctify me, transform me, grow in me. Lord, saturate me, Christify me, permeate me. We want to mature. Lord, do whatever you need to do to cause me to mature in life. 
long before I finish my course. If we want to be an overcomer, why not pray to Christ in the stage of intensification? Lord, by yourself, as the sevenfold intensified spirit, make me an overcomer. The Lord is waiting for these prayers. We need to go beyond passive acceptance, passive agreement, to active response. So the triune God wants to work himself into us. Why not pray as we're in the shower, as we're shaving, as we're walking back to our room, a simple prayer, Lord, work yourself into my being. Thank you for giving me this new day. Work yourself into my being today. Brothers, it matters. I testify to you as your brother. This matters. It shows that we're corresponding to the Lord speaking. It matters to us. It's by prayer like this that we apply it. Then Roman 2, the high peak of the divine revelation is that God became man so that man may become God in life and nature, but not in the Godhead, to produce and build up the organic body of Christ for the fulfillment of God's economy, to close this age and bring Christ back to set up his kingdom. Just as there is an intrinsic relationship between the body of Christ and the New Jerusalem, between Philadelphia and the New Jerusalem, there's an intrinsic relationship between becoming God in life and nature and the body of Christ. The body is the corporate Christ. We must become Christ in life, nature, and expression. The high peak of the divine revelation as one of the three factors of the new revival. It's not a theory. I testify to you before the Lord's face. It revives me. It has a reviving capacity when you touch it essentially. It's not a light thing that Brother Lee would say, this high peak plus the God-men living, plus the shepherding and mutuality, this will bring in the new revival and end the age. Because these things will issue in the reality of the body. God's economy is his intention to dispense himself in his divine trinity into his chosen and redeemed people to be their life and nature so that they may be the same as he is for his corporate expression. How can we express what we're not? We express what we are. If we're strong in the self, we express a strong self. If we've been reconstituted with Christ, there will be the increasing expression of Christ. This has to actually happen. And it will happen. If not with us, then with someone else. If not here, then somewhere else. If not now, then at some other time. But why not here? Why not now? And why not with us? 
that we're governed by this vision, living our practical church life as the procedure with the reality of the body as the goal. God's economy is that God became man to make us God in life, nature, and expression so that we may have a God-man living and become the body of Christ. This is what the Lord wants to see worked out in Philadelphia. See, God redeemed us for the purpose of making us God in life and nature so that he can have the body of Christ which consummates in the new Jerusalem as God's enlargement and expression for eternity. It is only by God's becoming man to make man God that the body of Christ can be produced and built up. So if we neglect this high truth and neglect to pursue a constitution that corresponds to this high truth, with us there will be no body of Christ. There will just be the local church as the procedure, but not that effective a procedure because the Lord will still have to say, you are a local church. The reality of the lampstand is not there. The reality of the body is not there. No body, no bride. I cannot come. So the Lord is very much focused first on recovering Philadelphia, then training us to hold fast what we have. And while we're doing that, this intrinsic work is going on in our entire being, little by little, day by day. This is the high peak of the divine revelation given to us by God. Now, these two matters consummate in the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem is the consummation of the central vision of God's economy and of the high peak of the divine revelation. The city itself is the consummation of these two great matters. A, the New Jerusalem, the ultimate consummation of the Bible, involves God becoming man and man becoming God in life and in nature, but not in the Godhead. In Christ, God has become man to make man God in his life and in his nature so that the redeeming God and the redeemed man can be mingled, constituted together to be one entity, the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem is this couple. The wife must match her husband. The Lord cannot be mingled with us and constituted together with us unless on our part 
We're becoming the same as God in life and nature. It's for the holy city. Holy city. You know, in Ephesians 1, which took place in eternity past, Paul says, before the foundation of the world, we were chosen to be holy. That's chosen to be the same as God in nature. That was God's thought in eternity past. The next verse, verse 5. We were predestinated unto sonship. That is to have the life, expression, and standing of a son. In eternity past, God chose us to be holy. Only God is holy. To be sons. He could see that's for the new Jerusalem, the holy city. And that holy city is the totality of the divine sonship in eternity past. This high peak was in God's being. And he knew to have this holy city as his counterpart. He would have to have human beings in his image who become holy and who become sons. And even though we fell and became constituted with sin and death, our God would not be swerved from his purpose. He sent his son to deal with every negative thing on the cross, to release the divine life, then in resurrection to regenerate us as the many brothers And now he's in the heavens interceding for us. He's a life-giving spirit operating in us. We will be holy. And we will be glorified sons of God. We will become the new Jerusalem. B, no, I have to read two first. Eventually the triune eternal God becomes the new Jerusalem incorporated with all of us. So God in his economy went through a process so that he could become the husband part or the temple part of the new Jerusalem. And also we become the new Jerusalem through the process of God's organic salvation. That's what's happening to these overcomers in Philadelphia They are actually experiencing the process of God's organic salvation. Then B, another aspect. The new Jerusalem is the corporate God-man. The enlargement, expansion, and expression of God, the corporate God. The new Jerusalem is a composition of divinity and humanity blended and mingled together as one entity. All the components have the same life, nature, and constitution, and thus they are a corporate person. The New Jerusalem's a corporate person. Every part of the corporate person has to be the same in life, nature, and expression. To the new Jerusalem is the expansion and expression of the process and consummated triune God 
with his chosen, redeemed, regenerated, sanctified, renewed, transformed, built up, conformed, and glorified people. So this process of organic salvation is for the building up of the body to consummate the new Jerusalem. Three, the new Jerusalem is God's enlargement and expansion, God's expression in eternity, which is the corporate God. Now in C, we view this from another angle, from the angle of the divine romance. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to speak at a meeting of our students and at least 50 new ones on the campus of Harvard University. And I had the leading to speak to them on the God of purpose and the purpose of God. In 2 Timothy 1.9, Paul says that God saved us and called us not according to his own works, but according to his own purpose. God saved us according to his own purpose. In chapter 3, Paul is pointing out to Timothy how Timothy has closely followed him. And he lists the matters that Timothy has closely followed. You closely followed my teaching. You closely followed this. And then he said, you closely followed my purpose. In 1.9, it's God's purpose. In chapter 3, maybe verse 10, it's my purpose. Timothy could closely follow God's purpose because it was embodied and expressed and lived out in his spiritual father, Paul. He closely followed his purpose. Now, we are careful. We don't take any other name other than the name of the Lord Jesus. We're not forming a religion about any person. But I and many others can testify. We, without shame, can say we closely followed Brother Lee's purpose. And the more we followed his purpose, the more we followed God's purpose for which we were saved, embodied, expressed, and lived out. And then I told these dear young students, it was a thrilling meeting. The singing was heavenly. I said, what is God's purpose? God's purpose is to get married. He wants to have a counterpart. There's a longing in his heart. When Genesis says it's not good for man to be alone, that man is a type of Christ. It's not good for God to be alone. The kingdom of the heavens is like a king who prepared a wedding feast for his son. So now we come to the divine romance aspect of the new Jerusalem being this consummation. The new Jerusalem is the real and consummate Shulamite, a corporate Shulamite including all of God's chosen and redeemed people. The wonderful Shulamite, the duplication of Solomon, 
is the greatest and ultimate figure of the new Jerusalem as the counterpart of Christ. As Solomon's counterpart, the Shulamite became the same as Solomon in life, nature, and image as Eve to Adam. This signifies that the lover of Christ becomes the same as he is in life, nature, and image to match him for their purpose. Now, a little word about the developing love in the divine romance as portrayed in Song of Songs. It starts in a delightful way. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Your love is better than wine. But in recent months, this due to some trying and some exceedingly happy situations. A verse regarding love in Song of Songs. I would say it's become my verse now. Because there's a development from your love is better than wine. It reaches quite a high development at the end of chapter 6, where she becomes Shulamite. Then in chapter 7, she's the Lord's co-worker and says, Come, my beloved, let us rise up early for the vineyards. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us see if the vine has blossomed. The blossom is opened, the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. This is the first works. But in chapter 8, we have the peak. And this is the verse that's been becoming mine. 8.6 Love is as strong as death. It's like a flame of Jehovah. Burning, burning in our being. Many waters cannot quench love, nor do the floods drown it. I thank the Lord for his loving care. Because I met death earlier this year, as I've never known it before. But that was not the end. And now is not the time to go into detail. But after a period of time, I met love as I've never met it before. Love in Song of Songs, chapter 8. It's as strong as death. It's a burning love. It's a flame of God. Holy One. Let the flames of God consume me till my being glows with thee alone. Well, now the Shulamite not only has the first love, she not only has the first works, we now have the second kiss. The first kiss is in chapter 1. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. The second kiss is in chapter 8 when she says, 
If I find you outside, that is outside the realm of the flesh, when I am raptured, I will kiss you. It began by his kissing us. It ends with our kissing him. We love him with a burning love. Burn, burn, O love, within my heart. The hymn says, burn fiercely night and day till all the dross of earthly love is burned and burned away. So now we have the consummation of this romance. This signifies that the lover of Christ becomes the same as he is in life, nature and image to match him for their marriage. It's the love that motivates us. It's the love that opens us. It's the love that makes us willing to tell the Lord, I'm ready for anything you want to do in me for the sake of the church, for the sake of the body, for the sake of the bride, for the sake of the kingdom. I don't reserve anything any longer. I love you. That's all I know is I love you as never before. And it's this love that enables us to go from stage to stage to stage. We begin as a horse in Egypt. We end as the Shulamite, waiting for the rapture, longing for the Lord to come, ready to kiss him. That's the new Jerusalem. This kind of love. I love that line in the hymn that says, Oh, what an hour sweet when bride and bridegroom meet. We have no idea what that scene will be like. I don't think the Lord will come as a polite gentleman and say, How do you do? My name is Jesus. (laughs) Song of Songs is a picture. Don't you want to be there in that hour sweet? To as Solomon's counterpart, the Shulamite became the same as Solomon in life, nature, and image. Okay, I read that. Okay, B under two. The many lovers of Christ, many lovers, eventually will become duplications of God in life, in nature, but not in the Godhead. This is the fulfillment of God becoming man so that man may become God which is the high peak of the divine revelation, the wife of Christ and Christ will be joined together to be the new Jerusalem for God's expression. This is the consummated Shulamite. Here we have the consummation of the central vision. Here we have the consummation of the high peak of the divine revelation. Here is a redeemed sinner who has become the reproduction of her beloved, there actually will be this corporate Shulamite. And Philadelphia is the environment for these kinds of overcomers to be produced and to become the New Jerusalem in all these aspects. D, the New Jerusalem is the universal golden lampstand the ultimate consummation of the lampstands in the scriptures. The churches as golden lampstands will be consummated in the New Jerusalem, the aggregate of all the lampstands. 
the new Jerusalem, a mountain of gold, is the universal golden lampstand holding the Lamb as the lamp, shining out God as the light, the new Jerusalem, the aggregate of all the lampstands, the totality of today's lampstands, is a consummate, universal, golden lampstand to shine forth God's glory in the new heaven and new earth for eternity. Then the point four is very experiential. The golden lampstand signifies the triune God embodied and expressed. We're familiar with this teaching. The gold, Father's nature, the form, Christ is the image, the lamps, the spirit. But that's not the point here. The more we experience the aspects of the triune God depicted in the lampstand, the more we will be in reality the golden lampstand as the embodiment and expression of the triune God and thus become the new Jerusalem as the universal golden lampstand. Then our last section, all this depends on the overcomers in Philadelphia. In his ministry in the stage of intensification, Christ as the sevenfold intensified spirit produces the overcomers who return to the orthodoxy of the church, overcome the degradation of the church, build up the body of Christ, and consummate the new Jerusalem. I really appreciate this fourfold description of what the overcomers are. They return, they overcome, they build up, and they consummate. A lot of vital activity here in our living, in our serving, in our gospel preaching, in our nourishing newly saved ones, in the mutual perfecting, in home meetings, in the prophesying to build up the church, every aspect of the vital God-ordained way. It's all involved. Because of the degradation of the church, Christ as the life-giving spirit has been intensified sevenfold to become the seven spirits, the sevenfold intensified life-giving spirit to produce the overcomers. Nothing can prevail against the sevenfold intensified spirit. I long ago gave up any confidence that I, Ron, could somehow become an overcomer. Now my prayer is, Lord, you produce overcomers. He said in Revelation 3.20, I also overcame. In chapter 5, it's declared, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he has overcome. The Lord is the overcomer. He's very good at reproducing himself in us. Why don't we ask him to do it and open to him to do it? We don't have to know how. That's up to him. 
Do you think if you pray, Lord, for the sake of your body and your bride, make me an overcomer, do you think he will say, no, I'd rather you be defeated? How sweet that someone is actually asking the Lord to do this. Realizing we long for this, but we have no hope in ourselves. We know our weaknesses. We know our history. But there is one who's an expert at reproducing himself as overcomers. Let's let him do what he's so good at. In overcoming the degradation of the churches, the overcomers return to the orthodoxy of the church and overcome satanic Judaism, demonic Catholicism, and dead and Christless Protestantism. The overcomers overcome anything that is against Christ or that replaces Christ. The overcomers are for the building up of the body of Christ to consummate the new Jerusalem. The next point is important. Without the overcomers, the body of Christ cannot be built up. And unless the body of Christ is built up, Christ cannot come back for his bride. The crucial thing in this age, as it's drawing to an end, is the building up of the body of Christ as a reality in the local churches. The building up of the body is the preparation of the bride. When we are at this stage, the following things will happen within a span of about three and a half years. The body is built up. That means the bride is ready. The bridegroom comes secretly to rapture the bride. And the wedding feast begins. Tribulation breaks out. Toward the end of that tribulation time, the Lord indicates to his bride, I am going as commander-in-chief to fight against the enemy. And she may ask, well, what am I supposed to wear when I go to Armageddon? He may say, dear, what you have on is fine. Your wedding dress is your warrior's uniform. So we have the body. The body becomes the bride. Three and a half years later, the bride becomes the army. The army returns with the Lord to deal with the enemy. Then Christ and his bride become the stone. They hit the toes of the image to abolish human government. Then the stone becomes a mountain to fill the whole earth. And that mountain is the new Jerusalem in the coming kingdom. All in about three and a half years, brothers. How crucial this is that we reach this goal in the local churches. Because when the bride is ready, the Lord comes back. We're in the second half of the 70th week of Daniel. In three and a half years, the earth will see the greatest dispensational change that it's ever happened before. But we can trace this backwards. If there's to be the new Jerusalem, there must be the mountain. In order for there to be the mountain, there must be the stone. In order to have the stone, there must be the army. In order to have the army, 
there must be the bride. In order for there to be the bride, there must be the body built up. That's the goal. This is what the overcomers in Philadelphia do. Now the rest of the outline in a couple minutes. The building up of the body of Christ is by the overcomers. Produced by Christ as a sevenfold intensified spirit. The building up of the body of Christ by the overcomers in this age is for the initial consummation of the new Jerusalem in the kingdom age and eventually for the full consummation of the new Jerusalem in the new heaven and the new earth. I will write upon him, the overcomer, the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my new name, that the name of God, the name of the new Jerusalem, and the name of the Lord are written on the overcomer indicates that what God is, the nature of the new Jerusalem, and the person of the Lord have all been wrought into the overcomer. The mentioning of the new Jerusalem as a prize to the overcomer indicates that this promise will be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom, The new Jerusalem in the millennium will be a prize only to the overcomers. Oh, may the Lord have a full recovery of Philadelphia. May we hold fast what we have. Love the brothers. Keep his word. Honor his name. Then open our being to become the new Jerusalem in this age. So the body will be built up. The bride will be ready. The Lord will come back. The age will end and we'll see the Lord in glory. Praise Him. Praise Him. Thank Him for speaking to us. Please pray with someone nearby and then Brother Rick will lead us concerning what comes next.